Merch alert! You asked and we delivered. The Royals of Malibu now has merch. We've got so much to choose from, like Team Easton or Team Reed or Team Isaac hoodies and hats. Some fun items like Do Not Dim My Sparkle t-shirts or Ugly Hot hoodies. Plus, plenty of accessories too, like our Trom mugs, AirPod cases, tote bags, stickers, and more. We'll be sharing new drops, sales, and much more on our socials at the Royals of Malibu, so be sure to follow along. That's at the Royals of Malibu. Check out the merch website at emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. That's emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. Emerald Audio is now an imprint of Diversion Audio, focusing on female-led storytelling. Hey, I'm Chris Caffaro. And I'm Nick Caffaro. We're real-life brothers who play fake-life brothers Reed and Easton Royal on the hit podcast, The Royals of Malibu. On this companion podcast, we'll be doing a deep dive into each episode, giving behind-the-scenes insights, talking to some special guests, and maybe even having some laughs along the way. Welcome to The Royal Boys. Hey, Nick. Chris, we're back. We're back, dude. This is our third episode. Third time's a charm. If people are still listening, thank you so much for still listening. I love it. I, I, You know what? I would love, now that this is the third episode, because things happen in threes, I would love to start getting some feedback, you know, hearing from people. What do you think of the show, guys? Thank you so much for listening. We're having a lot of fun doing this. Yeah, we'd really love to hear from both of you. And so please tune in. Uh, find us online. We'll answer some questions. We'll uh, try to adjust where we're falling short. The whole it, thing. Yeah. How you been feeling, Nick? I've been good. I've been good. I got over a cold, which is good. Been busy, which is great. Um, how about you? I've been okay. I got to be honest. Uh, this is my first sort of turn of the seasons living in L.A., like it should be fall right now and it's not it's like 80 degrees which is weird i'm not complaining it's just weird and i've always i am complaining i'll i'll complain for you yeah it's tough because i mean i think i've said this already but i've been here 9 years and it does not feel that way because there's no seasons right it's just sort of like one long monotonous you know season yeah just wait wait till it starts to get closer to the holidays i know you've spent the holidays here but when you're here like a couple months in advance of that, and then the holidays just show up, but you didn't have that seasonal change. You're just, you start to question your faith. <laughs> I felt that way with my birthday, where people were like, Your birthday's coming up. And I was like, No, it's not. It's, it's 90 degrees. Yeah, yeah, there's no way it's my birthday. Uh, and now my birthday's come and gone, and oh, it it's going to uh, be Thanksgiving. Yeah, you forgot my birthday. Well, I thought it was May. It's going to be May. Do we own the rights to that song? We do now. Hey, I think we should keep our intro short because we have a really funny episode and we have a really funny guest. Yeah. You want to get right to it? I think we should. All right. Let's do it. We are so lucky to be joined today by a hysterical woman. She is of great TikTok fame, huge on Instagram, so funny, a dear friend of mine, Miss Elise Patton. Elise? Hello. Hey. Hi, guys. Thanks for being with us. I'm so happy to be here through the laptop. Yeah, it's awesome. We're so excited. You're so funny. You're a member of the Groundling Sunday Company. You are huge on TikTok, have a big following. I know you're going to be like, oh, no, that big. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty big. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's all good stuff. Thank you. She looks great. She just got a spray tan. This girl is killing it. I did. I just got a spray tan. 
Wait, why'd you get a spray tan? I actually just got a spray tan because I had honestly a week from hell. And then I was like, I have a couple, you know, I have a couple parties this weekend that I'm going to. And I was like, might as well be golden. And you know what? The the girl at the counter actually was like, oh, you're on TikTok. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Little did I know she was the one who was going to spray me. So then I had to get fully nude in front of her. So then we bonded in that way as well. So wait a second. So that's how you got all your followers. <laughs> Exactly. So wait. Exactly. She sprayed you by hand. It's not a machine. She does. Yeah. A lot of these places, they you know they have their their like nice stuff, and then because the machines are kind of like that's a little bit cheaper. Like you could pay like thirty bucks to go in the machine, whatever. I mean, not that I I, I also do that sometimes if you quicker, but most of the time now it's a person who sprays you by hand. Wow. So you get fully nude, and they and they are there they are there looking in in every crevice. Oh wow! I wonder how many people have opted to not use the machine because of that friends episode with ross mm. oh yeah you know what i'm talking uh, about like when he when yeah. he keeps doing it wrong and turning around and he gets like yep six shades of it only on this front side on the one side yeah that, that's happened to me too it's very confusing too because you really have to listen up and they'll say feet on one two feet on three four so you're kind of in like a twister situation and it's always like in kind of a sketchy place so there could be like I always think there's like cameras looking in. I don't know. I don't like this. Is it like places. Dance Dance Revolution? <laughs> Very much that vibe. I once did a machine twice in a row to get to have that mm-hmm. like Ross effect because uh, we were having in college a Jersey Shore party. And so I did it yes. twice. And it smelled so bad. Yeah. The booths are not like great. Now that that's why they have this now place. Now this place is like with the hand and person because it has like coconut oil, like it smells really good. So that's mm. also a draw. But the other stuff is like, yeah, it'll give you, it's really tough. I am notoriously pasty. So you will never catch me at one of those places. I should take you there. You should go there, Nick. I think you would really enjoy it. Yeah. I had an acting teacher once. who's like, you need to get a tan. <laughs> I almost feel like I shouldn't because I think I'm so pale that maybe it would like really kind of differentiate me in the casting world, but I'm actually not at that place in my life. So I keep sometimes going. So one time I was getting some new headshots taken and I was like, okay, I'm going to get just a light spray tan just to have like a little bit of a glow to me. So I, cause it was in the middle of winter and I, and I was looking pasty and so I got it done and it looked good, but um, you know, for men, when you're getting your headshots, you want some some uh, unshaven and some clean shaven. Oh, so no. I went with like a beard, and I brought all my shaving stuff. So we did some pictures with the stubble, and then I went into the bathroom and I shaved, and like I <laughs> took off all the the spray tan stuff, and I just had like pasty outline of a beard. That we had to fix and fix and post. Do you think that's the reason you've never booked a job? I I know you're talking to Elise because you're bored. I hope you're talking to me because that's (laughs) true. No, no, it's not true. Actually, Elise recently was cast as quote chief TikToker on Fruit of the Loom's huge the Fruit People rebrand. You remember the Fruit People from Fruit of the Loom? I do. They're rebranding it. They're rebooting it, and Elise is like the star of I, these ads. I know. Pretty I, cool. I saw it. It popped up on, I don't know if it was Instagram or my TV, and I jumped out of my chair like I do anytime I see a friend on TV. So excited because booking anything is impossible. So congratulations. Literally. That's so cool. Thank you. I auditioned for that commercial. Not that part. I auditioned for The Leaf. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Fruit of the Loom mm-hmm. or if you guys just free ball it. But uh, 
there i think it what there's a leaf there's a there's a leaf there's there's a purple grape a green grape and an apple yeah so when i went to the audition all the women that were going for purple grape were there and that, so they were all dressed up as purple grapes it was just very funny no banana huh feels like a missed opportunity 100% and there's a leaf question mark yeah i need a peach an eggplant and a squirting water emoji. But it was kind of a it was kind of a bit of a scary sight at the audition thing. I mean, I, I I will say like it was such a fun job. Everyone on it was so great. But when I went to the audition, there was so many every I, everyone I run into in in this town is like I went out for the apple or I went out for whatever. And it was the room was like I was like is everyone okay? Because it was all these adults on long benches in fruit costumes, like sweating. Like everyone wanted it so bad, and I was like is. Are we all right? And like the fact that everyone was like, and some people went all out. Like there was really people in Apple costumes. There was really shorty got them Apple bottom jeans. Do we own the rights to that song? We do now. Uh, Elise, that makes me think that they provided their own costumes, right? Like these weren't given out by casting. Like these people purchased, assembled, and showed up in their own costumes with their MFAs and their student loan debt. Yeah, it's that was something. I was like, and it was all, it was so packed and just all these different fruits. I was like, what kind of party city? Where where are the costumes from? What is happening here? Is there a return policy? I, I just didn't know. And, and, you know, God bless to everyone who went out for the fruits. I don't think there was as many people who went out for my part. I will, to be fair, I think the fruits were more competitive, so... Well, what do you say we we get into the episode? I'd love that. Let's do it. Well, first of all, Elise, what are your first impressions of your time with the Royals? You listened to the episode before this. We're we're on episode three. Yes. Titled, Do Not Dim My Sparkle. Sure. What do you think? You you listen to this out of context, correct? 100%. Um, all I've seen is so many of the clips of Nick on TikTok being like, Ugh, fuck it, I want you, or whatever the line was that you had to say, <laughs> whatever. So that I was like, okay, like let's get into it. I was thrilled to listen. Um, and then yeah, I, I quickly caught on. I do like that they kind of call out because there's so much like this love, all these love triangles, and like that's my baby. You're like, and he had those fuck me eyes. I was like, it was just crazy. I was really, it was really enjoyable. I need to go back and now like get caught up because I need to kind of know like how we got here. Um, but also it it was giving me a little like gossip girl, like she was gone somewhere is what I got. And everyone like, did they not know where she was? And now she's back. And there's like, there's just like a lot. She seems to be kind of the it girl is what I got. And like, they were all so rich that like, that was also fun. I love anything about rich people. Yeah. Ella went away. She came back to Malibu. She had to leave. And in this episode, you know, she's got a lot of drama going on, as you said. So we start with her on a Peloton, which I could totally relate to, you know. I knew. I thought it was going to be you. When I heard those sounds, I go, is this Nick on the Peloton? Yeah, that's my like, that's my escape. Although I will say when I do do Peloton, I don't go to the instructor's like the one that she had, the fake Peloton instructor in this episode was named Brody. And he's like, oh, you know, don't dim your sparkle, all that stuff. I can't work out and be listening to that kind of motivation. I mean, it's great for some people. For me, it's not. Like, okay, I can't be like sweating, looking disgusting and have someone be like, you're perfect. You're an angel. Like, keep going. Like, no, I'm not. Would you prefer someone just like limp down you? you? Well, yes, I would love that. Uh, kink alert. But I would... Um, uh, what I actually prefer is there's one guy's name's Matt Wilpers who's like all about the science of exercise. Mm. 
it's boring, but that's what I like. So stop judging me. All right. It's breaking down to you, like how your bones work and stuff. Like, is that what is happening? <laughs> Take Peloton class with Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's like <laughs> teaching you. Going through mood cycles. Real quickly, I do want to shout out the uh, voice actor who plays Brody, the Peloton instructor, is actually our esteemed producer, Ashton. Um, who is so incredible at what he does. Um, he is one of the most organized, efficient people. Like he's the one who kept us all on track throughout the whole recording. And the fact that he was able to like get in and do this, uh, this little role was great. And also he's like a physical specimen. Like he's jacked and so fit. So it was like a perfect I could tell that. Role. I already yeah. knew. You could tell from his voice. Yeah. What 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 body type does my voice give off? Tired. I don't think you want the answer to that question. <laughs> it's so crazy though because you guys are playing high schoolers, right? Like that's right. Yeah. So like, and very it's different from our high school experience. It's totally different. I'm like the fact that you got and the the pep rallies and whatever. I'm like, I want to go to whatever school. It's giving like PC. What is it? PCA like the uh, Zoe 101 kind of school. Pacific Coast Academy. You guys I don't are, even, oh, that's old man oh, alarm right there. That's old that's man alarm. Old yeah. alarm. You're so fucking old. Zoe 101 is uh, Jamie Lynn Spears, right? Yes. You guys are like, oh, is that a Seinfeld or what the, that's the thing I know. <laughs> if it wasn't on Frasier, we're not going to get it. <laughs> no. J- James Burroughs direct one of those episodes. <laughs> I think they just did a reboot, like Zoe 102 or Zoe 201. Oh, did they? Is she with child in it? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. But anyway, great transition for the pep rally because that's where Elle is going back to. She's going back to school. Her school is called the Cove Academy. It's a college preparatory school. And the day she goes back is is Spirit Day. There's a big pep rally. um, And they make you wear the pep rally clothes, which I was like, that feels like really aggressive. That was my biggest takeaway. And she got in – she got detention for not – wearing like whatever which i went to a school where you had to wear a uniform okay rich um and you would get in trouble if you were out of uniform you know and then in this it was actually the opposite and it was crazy to me she got detention for not wearing it and just every person she passed by was like do you have your like jersey like every single person was also reminding her of the thing that she had to wear i was like this is some sort of weird cult school i guess I yeah. felt the exact same way. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing. I love that. I love it. F- a couple things yeah. from my the, from my past that will color this. First of all, so when I was a freshman in high school, we had a pep rally, and that's when they announced like homecoming king and queen for the seniors. But they had like the equivalent for each grade. So it was like homecoming king and queen, and then the juniors had prince and princess. Sophomores had duke and duchess. And then the freshman had Lord and Lady, and I was okay. elected Lord of my freshman class. Um, okay. Wow. Very Subtle exciting. Flex. It's all been downhill from there. Yeah, it was. I was Duke. Were you Duke? My sophomore year. And I was prom uh, king. Were you really? I was prom princess. Yeah. But I did Wait, have 27 really? people. I had 27 people in my graduating class, so that helped. Oh, oh wow. I had 430. <laughs> Wait, Nick, you were the homecoming queen, king? Queen? No, I was I was I was prom king and then homecoming oh, pr- duke my sophomore Wait, year. You were prom king. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, you weren't at my prom. I know, and I'm still bitter about it. Now they're just making up positions. 
for you guys. Duke and Lady and Lord. I didn't have any of that stuff. And you know what the song was that we danced to? Was It's the Climb by Miley Cyrus, which it just feels like not like a dance song. It's kind of a depressing song. They're like prepping you for the rest of your life. Yeah. They're basically like, get ready, because this is the best moment of your life. I would have preferred if they just taught me how to do my taxes, but yeah, that worked too. But also, Chris, you were a school mascot. Yes, I was. I was my college mascot. So you love school spirit. I is did. it so well, sweaty in there? It is so sweaty. So I went to George Washington University and I was George Washington, you know, so we had like this big, you know, costume in the head and there was like, it was relatively new costume. So it had a fan in there, but, um, it was pretty hot. And the reason I like, I'm jealous of this pep rally in this episode is because my school did not have any like school spirit. And so I had to, as mascot, I had to go to all these games and events and like try to get everyone pumped up and like keep it going, but nobody gave like, a shit. No one so cared. I was, no. And when you were a mascot, people treat you like you're subhuman. Um, sure. And cause like, you know, so like they punch you in the balls and they like hit you. What? And they like, you know, your therapy session is in a couple hours. It is not right now. I just wanted to remind you of that. So just wanted to. <laughs> no, I, need, I need to open up. Very well, specific to you. <laughs> This has got to be like what you get a Nobel Peace Prize for because that is – did you get paid or why were you doing this to yourself? No. Yeah. We – you got a spirit scholarship. What does that mean? What is a spirit scholarship? It it was just like – it. Like they gave it to – Just confetti, an envelope of confetti. (laughs) It's like, okay, okay, Chris, in money terms, what is that? Yeah. They gave me like five grand a year and – Okay. That's pretty good then. Not enough. That's not enough. Well – I took it, but also as a mascot, you are a part of the spirit squad or like the cheer team and they are considered NCAA division one athletes. So I was technically on a division one student athlete scholarship. So I'm, I'm an, I'm a college athlete. You went D one. I went D one. Just for our listeners out there who can't see this, he looks anything but an athlete. And that's why this is funny. We find out this entire pep rally is for the water polo team, which I mean, we didn't have a water. Well, we didn't even have a pool anywhere near our school. No it's way. wild. And, mm-hmm. the, and the fact that like Easton even says like, we don't have a football team and we have a massive athletic budget. So we just throw it all out on here. I mean, they had pyrotechnics, t- disco balls. Apparently a lot of disco balls too. I was like, that's so odd. Our water polo team was actually pretty, cause I went to school out here. So that was more like the pool stuff was pretty big and we didn't have a football team, but all the water polo guys. Oh, they so this play. is you. Yeah, this is me. I'm Ella. <laughs> <laughs> all the guys, they were all like so hot. I, like I swear you had to be super hot to be on this team. They were like all blonde and they were all over six feet tall and super tan. And they would walk through on game days or match days or whatever you call water polo things. They would walk through and like pass out flyers to game in just their speedos for like, you know, to get people to go or whatever. And it was like actually really fucked up. Like it was like giving Abercrombie guys outside um, but it worked and people would show up. So maybe that was the thing. Maybe all these guys are super hot and that's why people are there. Did you ever go to any of these games? Some of the, I once dated a guy. 
on the water polo team who could not speak, like physically was so dumb. Like it would be like pulling teeth <laughs> to get one sentence out of this man. And so I would just guzzle wine when we were together. It was more of like a, you know, you go to the frat party together kind of relationship. This is college or high school? College. Oh, where'd you go to college? Loyola Marymount. Oh, fun. Very nice. Yeah. So are the Royals the family or it's like the group of friends or like who you guys are the Royal brothers, right? Our family. We're her stepbrothers. Although she has so much love and steam for Reed. So that's like a incest situation kind of, right? Um, They're not related. Not by law. They're not 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 related. No, not by law. So let's clarify. That's not by law. They did it in Game of Thrones and people were stoked. So yeah, bring it back. I've always said that. Bring incest back. I've always said that, and you can quote me on that. I got news for you. If you go on certain websites, uh, she never went anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) She's still very popular. Alive and well. For for stepbrother and stepsister, I think like the most. I mean, obviously they had sex, but almost even more intimate than that is Reed giving her one of his sweatshirts. I mean, that's a huge relationship jump mm-hmm. to give somebody your sweatshirt and that plays a huge role in this episode because she, when she gets a sweatshirt it has the perfume of mm-hmm. another woman on it which she yes. goes mm-hmm. all nancy drew detective mm-hmm. and tries to figure out whose that is but that's a very intimate thing i mean i used to have a girlfriend believe it or not and she stole a few of my what? sweatshirts yeah wait nick that is so huge <laughs> <laughs> Have you have you stolen any of your? I mean, you're engaged now, currently, so you have a fiance. Do you do you wear his clothes? <laughs> sure, yeah, I buy him a lot of stuff to wear because now you know the oversized sweatshirts. It's all a thing, so I buy a lot of stuff that I then just take. That's kind of are oversized I, sweatshirts a trend? Yeah, I mean, especially like in fall, you know, you might wear an oversized sweatshirt with your, you know, you, with your jeans or your yoga pants. I also wear my girlfriend's clothes. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're tighter and they make me look stronger than I am. I also wear my girlfriend's clothes. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because. They're tighter, and they make me look stronger than I am. You know who else drinks tea? You know who else drinks tea? Headmaster Behringer. Give it up oh. for Headmaster B. I'll give it up for her, but I'm going to give a Malibu to that transition, that forced-ass transition. You know who no, drinks I, tea? Well, it's, like- it's funny to me that she's in the office of her principal, and she's pouring a cup of tea and offers her a cup of tea. This is That's the not Academy that. It, like, they, can you imagine Mrs. Corshets just pouring a glass of tea in her office? That'd be lovely. I, I do think I'd, that in TV and film, there's a lot more beverages that are consumed in places where beverages aren't normally consumed. Like in Succession, true. they're always, you know, I think, I mean, in general, I guess, like rich people pouring whiskey in their rooms, there's always like a little thing of drinks. So there's a bar cart in every corner of every room. And then like, yeah, there's like principals pouring tea or there's always like people grabbing coffee. I just think it's a little, I think it's a little overdone, honestly. I, you know I why disagree. I think it happens? No, I was going to say something. Mm. Okay. Hold on. Um. <laughs> hmm. 
This is you know disgusting. What it is? No, listeners, he's he's drinking his iced tea out of a straw, and he mm. looks like an absolute idiot. Oh, and now Elise is drinking some type of fizzy water. So I'm oh. just going to talk. Sure. While while they while you guys swallow your liquids. Oh my god! Wait, guys, listeners, Nick is drinking chocolate milk Swiss Miss, but not mixed. It's just the powder. He's chugging the Swiss Miss powder as we speak. Oh my god, it's he disgusting. Keeps, he also keeps wetting his finger and then putting it into the Swiss Mix powder and then eating it back into his mouth. Kind of like Nick. those little uh those candies where you, you know, wet this sugar stick. Yeah. Fun He's dip. fun dipping his Swiss Miss. And now a quick word from our sponsors. <laughs> Swiss Miss. <Oval> <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think it's uh it's just so funny how rich this school is. But I I I know what you're saying, that there is a lot of drinking and acting. And the reason I think that is, is because actors are better when they have stuff to do. A lot of actors need to be, like, I, I don't know if this is actually true, but I always heard a rumor that in Ocean's Eleven, Brad Pitt, like, is eating in every single scene mm-hmm. because it helped his character. Really? So I think that's a lot of it. Yeah. Like, in an audi- if I'm doing a self-tape or something, I like to do something that keeps busy because the thought of standing still and just talking like a human like i'm supposed to is um pretty terrifying yeah well that's why so my acting teacher does not allow us to eat in scenes for that very reason unless it's specifically you know called for because so fuck you um, nick yeah because you're a bad (laughs) actor no because because it's it can be a bit of a cop-out because it's like when you're eating there's a built-in beat or a pause where you can't be speaking and Instead of just like being vulnerable in that moment and like being alone in your thoughts and in your body, some people are like, oh, let me bite an apple and like chew on it. And it's like, no, that's a cop out. Don't do it. Live in the minute. Live in the minute that you're in. That's right. Also, the fact that her name is Behringer too, because I had a friend in, I don't know, elementary school, all like from last year to when I was two, it's like all the same. So, but I had a friend growing up. And their last name was Behringer and her mom let us, it was the first time I ever saw like any sort of like, you know, ooh, scene when I was little. And it was, she put on ghosts. Is that what it's called? Ghost where the pottery scene. Yeah. 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 And they're all up behind each other and stuff. And she left it. She left and went to like a girl's night and she put that on. And I was like, this is crazy. And then I called my mom <laughs> to pick me up later. That's really funny. So that's, that's so funny. Your Behringer. <laughs> Wait, Elise, in your tiny little school, were you ever summoned to the principal's office? Um, only to do the announcements because I was class president. Oh my God! Wait wow, a second. So are we? All God, three of we're us. We're so class annoying. I we have know. three class presidents. This is the worst group ever, and we're all a part of it. Ew. No, well, yeah. no one will ever know. Listeners, all three of us on this call were class president, and our older sister Jacqueline, also class president. And our dad. Really? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Nepotism at its finest. Your um, reunion or something? Were you senior class president? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I forgot to plan my reunion. Although my 10-year reunion was the year of COVID. Oh, okay. So I guess we'll just just do 2015 or or 15-year 2025. Okay. Yeah, you should get on that. God, I'm old. 
I specifically was not, I was president freshman year through junior year. And then my senior year, I was senior vice president so that I didn't have to plan the reunion. How noble of you. Oh, wow. I know. But also guys, you can control these kind of things when you have 27 people in your school. See, you were the George Washington of your school. You stepped down and passed the baton so that the nation Mm -hmm. learned to move on. Yeah, that was exactly what I did. They needed it. Yeah. (laughs) Hamilton. I have been summoned to the principal's office when I was in school. Um, What did you do, Nick? I didn't get in trouble often, but one time uh, in elementary school, fourth grade, they caught me and my friends going on Hooters.com in the computer lab. (laughs) because <laughs> it, it was just a it was just a menu for hot wings <laughs> like it wasn't because they block all the others so there's parental controls but because it was a restaurant they let us on so we could see really? and uh we got in school suspension for going on hooters.com that's so funny that's yeah i would yeah is it funny because i didn't get into the college i wanted to because of it yes, i thought you, you went did. to like a star college yeah i know i did <laughs> don't lie. don't lie on this podcast okay thank you he did. Thank you so he, much. he only got in off the wait list, so maybe that's why. Yeah, but um, also when she's in this office, she you know she does the whole thing where it's like Behringer is telling her she's going to have to repeat a grade. She's like, "I'm not going to repeat a grade. I'll drop out. So just let me take all the tests I miss, and if I pass them, then I could stay a junior." First of all, could not imagine having to repeat a grade. I would be irate, yeah. but also. Behringer's like, you have to get a Cove pass, which means 80% or higher. Wolf. Did they have that at your little tiny, tiny little school? What is a Cove your teeny, tiny little pass. school? And why would they like, call it that? So the school is called the Cove. Mm-hmm. And she's saying that it's their version of passing is 80 degree, 80% or higher. You know, as I asked the question, I knew the answer. So I just want to say well, that right now. Um but no, we didn't have that. Our my school was like way too hard. Like you it was um I forget what the passing thing was, but it wasn't at a certain point one of the schools nearby did the like thing where 90 and up was all uh you know what I'm talking about where like they grouped things and it was a little bit easier to get like a B and get an A and we never yeah, like did Del that. curve so kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, we uh we, no, we didn't have any cove passes around where we were. I'll say that. No. Sir. Yeah, neither did we. We had metal detectors. We did. I did. I did feel like she was being. I couldn't tell if she was being like a hard ass or if they were like kind of prioritizing mental health because she was like, "I just really want to make sure that you're mentally okay." And I was like, "Okay, this is like a really nice school because that is not like." She kept like being like, and and uh, she goes, "I'm just not going to sleep for two weeks." And then she was like, "Well, honey, please don't do that. Have some tea and take care of your mental health." I was like, "Okay, I love this principal." It reminds yeah. me a lot of Dumbledore. I have problems with Dumbledore. I have problems with Dumbledore. Okay, say it. I I think he kept Harry in the dark way too much. Way too much. He could have pulled him aside and been like, okay, hey, so listen, here's the deal. Here's what I'm going to do. And like, yeah, I'm going to act like a dick to you and like sort of ignore you, but there's a reason. And like, he didn't. He was just like, he'll figure it out. Like this weird- Act like a dick to him. What are you talking about? He gave him special privilege at every single turn. You want yeah, it on the TV turn. screen in the theaters that people watch for him to be like, hey, by the way, this is how it's all going to go. And blah, blah, blah. That wouldn't have been yes. very good for TV, Chris. No, it would have yeah. been bad TV, but it would have been good mentorship. For Harry. Instead of being like, Harry. Like, it was always like wink and snot. Like, 
like, meanwhile, this kid's like, they're sending him out to die every movie. And it's like, why didn't someone pull him aside and be like, hey, buddy, so here's the deal. You're probably going to die. Yeah, that's, and you have the to. Reviews said, it, the reviews said, the reviews were cinematography, storytelling, world building, all great. Mentorship needs work. Zero. Yeah. Like, Chris, I, you're a fucking idiot. No, I think that somebody <laughs> should have been like, Mr. Potter, you're being set mm-hmm. up for failure. <laughs> <laughs> dude he knew what are you talking about he knew like the whole time that this guy was after him yeah he's but literally after him the made whole... it so much more complicated than it had to be like they could have been on he the was same playing team. hard to get yeah they could have been on the same team and the whole time dumbledore was like let's see if he figures it out if he doesn't the whole world his will voice die. should have been like that too i think yeah. that the biggest it's loss like... was that his voice should have been like hey harry <laughs> i got something secret to tell you <laughs> Playing with his long hair. Play with his beard like this. Hey, Harry Potter, I have the secrets. (laughs) They're in the chamber. (laughs) Let me tell you how to skip. So we only did one movie. (laughs) Really good. Yeah, you didn't need eight. You didn't need eight of them. (laughs) Chris, your one critique of this film would have cost them billions of dollars. That's true. Listen, you will never be a studio exec. I'll never be a studio exec. I, this podcast I, is the highest we'll ever get. It's just like, okay, but okay, at the end, I wish Harry Potter would have been like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, why didn't you just this is tell bullshit. me? Why didn't you just tell me about the Deathly Hollows and like the Chamber of Secrets? Like, why'd you make Hermione have to like go on a scavenger hunt? And like, we had to like, like lose a bunch of our friends. Like, we could have nip this in the bud a lot. that's time how ago. i feel every year when i have to go look for easter eggs yeah on easter tell us where they are just mom just tell me where my basket is okay all right okay so ella now has this plan she's going to take all these tests so she starts studying they leave school to get tacos where she uh, is joined by Val, Sav, and Easton who are going to help her study. But before we get into that, this scene opens with Easton claiming he's not a Nepo baby. Mm-hmm. He's arguing he's not a Nepo baby. The girls are saying you are a Nepo baby just because your father is rich automatically makes you a Nepo baby. Thoughts? Well, I think a Nepo baby... I mean, I think, isn't it just if your parent is in either like the industry that you want to work in, so it gives you a leg up because they are, they are successful in it. So if he wants to be, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know this guy yet, so I don't know what he wants to do. Yes, you do. It's me. Oh, that's right. Oh, it's you, Nick. Hi, I'm the problem. But like, what do you want to be in life? What does your character want to be in life? Well, that's exactly his argument. He doesn't want to be anything. Um. That's exactly his argument. So you're Team Easton, and that's all I wanted to get from this. Thank you. Uh, no, I think I wasn't quite there yet at all, actually. I was thinking that um, the girls were kind of right, that anything he does want to do, he's going to have a leg up because it sounds like your little daddy is so successful that he could pr- probably help you with anything. So maybe in First that of way all, more- my daddy is huge. Callum um, is voiced by a guy that's like six foot four. Yeah, he had so, a crazy voice. I loved his voice. Yeah, he's an amazing voice. But yeah, Callum 
Royal, who's Easton's father, is in luxury real estate, and I don't think Easton's going to be getting into luxury real estate. I, although he probably will end up cashing in on that because I don't yeah. think he has many options. In his face, like you're hot, you go into real estate. I do think nepotism has to be industry specific, but he's clearly, you know, they're referring to his vast amount of privilege and like, you know, daddy's money got, got Easton, uh, prevented him from getting kicked out of school. And like, that just doesn't happen to people without vast money and influence. And okay, like, but they're all going to the Cove Academy that has pep rallies with pyrotechnics and disco balls and a pool and J.J. Abrams coming in to teach a class about Star Wars. Like, all their daddies have money. Well, maybe some of them are spirit scholarship recipients and they're <laughs> working you athletes hard. like Chris. That's right. <laughs> That's a good point. That's Everything a cool point. Him. But real quickly, as we're talking about money, and because we, we skipped a big plot point, which is that Dinah is contesting the trust, and Ella is like, I don't care. I don't want the money. I don't want to be rich anyway. And which so is question, crazy, and I didn't know if that's true. So you would take this money? Of course oh, you yeah, take duh. the money. Dude, and like you can like – because that money's going somewhere, and so you take it, and then if you want to give it away, give it away. But like, you know – my thought Have is you like, seen these gas prices? I would trust myself with it money. more than anyone else. And life, like money does not make you happy, but it makes makes life easier. It makes finding happiness easier. Ooh, Do you think Dinah is doing it for the money? Yes. She's trying to take money? Okay. Yeah, of course. Follow the You're money. You're looking at me mean, like, I'm a, like I'm an idiot. Which you think she's doing it for fun or for shits and gigs? <laughs> Shits and gigs is fun though. At least you have a different beverage. That's so funny. <laughs> That's a completely so, different beverage than the one you've been drinking the the entire podcast. That's true. So listeners, she has been drinking out of a can, look like a LaCroix maybe type situation. Um and then out of nowhere, the biggest thermos I've ever seen popped out of the corner of the screen. Somehow they got a handle on that thing. She's Louise. I had this guy right before. Too. Wow. wow, she loves her liquids. How have you not had she, the pee yet? Yeah, are you wearing a diaper? Um, I I do wear a diaper, um, just regularly. So that's that. But I just peed right before I got on this call, out of respect for you guys, because. Um, you know, if I'm peeing into the diaper, you can still hear it. So I wanted to kind of avoid that. This thing is water, so I keep this full of water. Um, so I've been sipping on that. And then what I normally like to have at this point of the day, what is it? Two thirty, is a Celsius to kind of keep me going. Um, in the morning I will have, I'm trying to cut back. I really am. But in the morning right now I have two lattes. I have a little Nespresso at home. So I'll have two lattes, little mini ones, but like, you know, it's a shot in each and then I'll drink water all day. And then later at about three or four, not every day, but usually Monday through Friday, I will have a Celsius. Um, I was out, so I have these poppy drinks, and they're little, like, probiotic things that, you know, have no caffeine, so it's not really helping me at all. And I had this. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the beverage tour. Thank you so much. And I think that about answers every question our listeners had. Yeah. Have you have you guys ever had, like, a cool guest at your little teeny tiny school that you went to? Um, No. No one even knew it was there, so... 
No. It was so small. <laughs> Including the teachers. Like, they were like... I guess whoever the most successful parent was of any kid that went there would probably be the most exciting guest in the pickup line. That's probably it. Were, the, were those your parents? Yeah, the ham store parents. What's that mean? My... Oh, um, little known fact. Uh, my parents own a, a ham store, a honey baked ham in Roanoke, Virginia. So they would pick us up and it was very obvious because they had a lot of ham you know, decorations on, not, de- not decorations, but you know, the, it was like what they have on pizza cars, like the little, you know, light up thing on top. It was that, but it said honey baked ham. And then my dad's license plate was to ham man. And my mom's license plate was ham themed as well. And then my license plate was ham girl. So, which was not my choice. My, that was just, you know, the van. And so, yeah, it was a lot of ham in the family. So no, but I would almost say that my parents were the least successful people at the school. Uh, wait a second. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I have a million and seven questions. What? Great. Okay. Did you exclusively sell ham or were there other pork based products or like? Uh, that's a great question. We sold ham. We sold, so bone in or boneless ham. I could tell you literally anything you need to know about honey ham. We sold turkey. We had turkey breast. We had, you know, roasted smoked turkey breast. We had Cajun turkey breast. We had whole turkey breast. We had pies and casseroles and bacon and just like really anything you would need for your holiday needs. Wow. Wow. Is it a seasonal store? Is it still active? Still active. You can go go on by in Roanoke and visit the ham store. They there are some honey baked hams that are um just seasonal, but ours was uh does like sandwiches too. So it's like the restaurant too. And you would go Wow. It's big in catering. Like a lot of people they cater a lot of lunches to the hospitals and stuff. So they're basically like, you know, holding the fabric of society together. What's wow. it called? Honey baked ham. That's the you name guys, of the store. Yeah. You really just, it's a, you just you just took People the first thing that came to your mind, huh? <laughs> you were like, no, no, it's a, it's a, it's a franchise. So it's just one of them. <laughs> they just called it ham. Ham. <laughs> uh, so they're tutoring Ella, and then the pep rally happens, and then it's over, and uh, her and Reed sort of share a moment. And then she runs into Reed in the hallway, and he's on the phone with Brooke. Bum, bum, mm-hmm. And to this point, Ella thinks that Reed is Brooke's baby daddy, which is scandal numero uno. And so she's like shouting at him and he's like, wait a second, get in this janitor's closet. Let's talk this Obviously. out. Obviously the janitor's closet. Um, well, because she called him out in front of the whole school, clearly yeah. to embarrass him, which was such a boss move. It reminds me of uh, when I was – moving into college for the first time. Um, I was like in the hallway uh, meeting different, you know, kids that are also moving in and going to living in my dorm. And my dad, who was uh, kind of helping my mom set up the room, stepped out and goes, Hey son, here are the plastic sheets just in case you wet the bed. And like <laughs> screamed it out loud. So everyone could hear. Were you a wetter uh, at that time? Or is that just a now thing? No, he was playing a joke on me, Elise. Okay, I'm just checking. I have my diaper. Yeah. Am I the only one who's continent on this call? <laughs> <laughs> Those class presidents does something to you. But yeah, she pulls him into the janitor closet, and this is, you know, this gets steamy. Mm-hmm. Steamy, steamy, beautiful. Have you ever been pulled into the janitor's closet in I high wish. school? Did you ever? Did you? 
Yeah, I don't even think I had my first kiss in high school, or I guess I did, but really late. There's also like never enough room in these kind of janitor closets. Like I don't know what kind of walk-in ones that they're dealing with in a lot of TV shows and movies, but like I feel like the janitor's closet I knew it was like you open it and you, what you see is you know it's just right there. It's not really a walk-in right. situation, but they always seem to have enough room to go in there and almost bang. Well, it's a it's a Cove Academy. They take care of their janitors. That's true. Um, and, they, and the janitors take care of them. That's true. Uh, it was a fun scene to shoot because, like, you know, it's all audio. So you're doing everything in a booth on a mic, similar to, like, I'm doing right now. But then you have to sort of play with the the distance and the physics yeah. of it with your voice and with your acting. Um, and so that was cool to hear it come to life, to be like, oh, we're in a hallway and now we're in a closet and we're, like, face-to-face and me and Ella are having a moment. Were you guys like booth wise close? Were your booths next to each other? Or you're like in a totally separate place. We're in the same booth, um, but we were we're oh, both okay. like facing fo- facing forward. So like, okay, you sort of had to do like a crane your neck situation to if you wanted to get some eye to eye contact. But they um they they took out all the intimate scenes between my character and Chris's character. Okay, I was wondering when those so were like, in. yeah, they took those out. They tested them for smaller audiences that didn't really go well. So okay. no. that's so odd because you guys have such intense sexual chemistry. Um, so I find that like so, and we all know how we feel about incest at this point. So yeah, it's just like bizarre, I guess, for me. So they had some they had some sexy time. She was like, ah, my heart was like whatever. Oh, and she has her other guy that she didn't even want to call. What's his name? Isaac or something? Did I make that up? Mm-hmm. No, you nailed it. No, you're right. It's Isaac. Okay. And she's like, I don't even want to talk to him because he doesn't make me pulse. Yeah. Well, listen, it's a gift. And also, but this is also huge because this is the first time we get a bit of an explanation from Reed about uh, his alleged affair with Brooke. And he's like, I nothing happened. She forced herself on me. I don't know what happened. Like, truly had nothing to do with it. And for our viewers and, and listeners, this is like – this is the first time we're hearing his side of the story, even just a touch. So it's a big moment. But then he sort of freaks out because she calls him out on the perfume thing, mm. which is which the sweatshirt I, I, he lent her. Like, now I don't know what to think because he did get really weird about that. But then I really believed him when he was saying that he didn't do anything. But maybe that was just Chris's acting. Thank you. There's a reason for everything. We, yeah, huge scene. But we still he, don't know the he, truth. Starts to redeem himself, and then he looks so guilty, but he also, like, is straight up with her. He's like, we belong together. I don't think, you know, he's been waiting a long time to say that. And then uh, I like how she covers, though. She, like like you said, she she acts like she doesn't care, but then Isaac calls, and she's like, nah, I want that bad boy. I think she says, I want him to ruin my life all over again. Yeah. And then, and then the, we play out to this song. Uh, I don't know if you heard the lyrics, but it's like, nobody knows my places like you do. Ooh. No, I didn't what do you even think hear that. What do you think they're talking about? What do you think they're alluding to? Janitor's closets? No, they're talking about like um like you know the places where like that you've been in the past like on your on your GPS. Like yeah. ham stores and little tiny yeah. high schools. Totally. Yeah. It's like yeah. the uh like the Dr. Seuss book Oh, the places you've been. But That's all where the she's places talking you about. go. She's talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought she was talking about... Read a book, Nick. Read a book. 
read all the places lady, lady parts. No, you're disgusting. That that's this podcast would never go there. No, yeah, they no. Really, it's, it's not that steamy. They don't really talk about that stuff. Kudos to the writers giving us a little cliffhanger, making us want to root for Reed, and then pulling us right back away. Your character I, sucks, dude. How's that feel? I disagree. I think I my character is perfectly suited to keep you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, then why does your hoodie smell like a woman? Don't dim my sparkle, all right? Oh, I could never, Nick. It's just too blinding, your sparkle. It's, it's blinding. It's like it's too much already. Well, guys, that's takes us through the entire third episode. So I guess that means it's time for... Royal Decrees. The royal Decrees. Hear ye, hear ye. A Royal Decree. Chris, why don't you go for it? Okay, I'll go. Here's my Royal Decree. My Royal Decree is that I am as smart as an astrophysicist. And really? I'll tell you why. Yep, and here's I'm going to tell you why. So, I was reading the Wall Street Journal this morning. Uh, first okay. of all, there's your, there's your first clue. So this astrophysicist decided to find the, the most efficient way to load passengers onto an airplane to limit wait times and lines. And they were like, this article was talking about how brilliant he is, and he ran it for years and years. And literally, I was getting so angry reading this article because I have been saying this for years for years that I know the most efficient way to load an airplane, and it's exactly what this guy came up with, with all these models and everything. And it's very simple. What, what you what do is, is from you start back to front, but you start with the window seat people first. So the window seat people go in and get in the window, then middle seat, and then aisle seat. And I have literally- They already do that. Not, no, they don't. They, they yes, don't they do. do JetBlue's boarding groups are by if you have window seat, you're in an earlier boarding group. But but they don't do it this way. Okay, I read the article. Anyway, I came up with this years ago. Some astrophysicists had to run computer models and shit. Something I figured out while I was at a Hudson News bitching and moaning about the fact that people don't have any good airplane line etiquette because. They stand in front of the fucking thing when their group isn't ready, but they're like, oh, my group's coming up. And it's like, get out of the goddamn way. This Wait, is not Chris, how this lines This was literally going to be my royal decree. Not this. Not oh, about my- the astrophysicist. Okay. But about well, these people with the lines. So you finish. Okay, take it. No, no, I'm done. I'm, no, take I'm, it. What is okay, it? Well, maybe yeah. this is too similar, but this was literally what I was thinking because I just got back from Minnesota and I – have been losing my mind over like my, my thing used to be that I would get really irritated when people would stand as soon as the plane lands, especially if you're in like the very, very, very back. If you're not, if you're someone on the side or like in the aisle where you can just pop up, like, sure, why not? But people who would like get out of the seat to go stand in the middle where I'm like, Hey, we're not going to be off this plane for 30 minutes. Like this is just not something that you should be doing. But now it's that I can't even tell when they start boarding who is group one or two or three, because Everyone is standing there. So, because the other day I had actually paid to upgrade to be in group two. Okay. (laughs) On Sun Country. Fancy. I got a free complimentary beverage, except I paid $20 for the seat. So, that is a $20 drink. Okay. And I was like so excited because I'm going to be group two. So, I'm like standing there, but there's such a line already, and we're just beginning to board. And so I'm like, wait, this is not how this should be going. Like, I'm royalty. Like, I paid for this, so I should be actually 
you guys should all be sitting. So then finally, like, taps one. I'm like, oh, sorry, are you group two? And she's like, oh, I'm group five, but I'm just waiting. And I'm like, so I couldn't even tell who is what group because they're all just there. And and they're standing now by the person who checks the ticket when you walk on. So you can't even tell when to go, when not to go. I'm like, hey, we're all going to the same place. Why don't you actually just follow the system that they have in place and sit down and go when it's actually your group, period. Unacceptable behavior. Unacceptable. I could not... I could not agree with you more. It is one of my largest pet peeves of all time. And so I always used to just sit and just wait till the very end. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to stand up and wait in line. Same, the seats same. already picked. It's not like you're going to get a better seat. If you go on early. Um, yeah. I will say though, since I've started figuring out how to travel with carry on, like only mm-hmm. carry on and not checking my bag, there is something to be said about like, if you like, you got to be able to put wait your bag till the up end in there. and there's no space left, then you you're screwed. Then you have to check it and then you have to wait. But like the, the crowding of the thing, like move aside, move aside. Yeah. You're not fooling anybody. You're not like, you're not saving any time. You're, you're wasting everyone's time and everyone hates you. Yep, you know, right. it's funny. I, I had a different Royal decree coming into this, but I'm going to change it up just based on what you're saying. I think that you see the worst in people when they're at the airport and traveling. So my royal decree is before you marry your partner or decide to be with them on any type of extended basis, you must first travel with them. Mm. Yes. You will know everything you need to know about them and you will break up on the airplane back. What are some of your red flags in airline travel, Nick? Everything you guys just said, standing up as soon as you land, but also clapping when you land. Bizarre. Not into that. I mean, I, listen, I'm I all disagree. about supporting. I I'm disagree. Su- all about supporting. Uh, well, you're an idiot, but I'm all about nope. su- They're doing their job, okay? This isn't Spirit Airlines, okay? It's not like uh, you're okay, taking a- way, This is coming from an actor who expects applause when he's done doing his job. Like, this guy just so transported 250 oh, people- in the 30,000 feet in the air and drop them safely on the ground across the country. Yeah. I'll yeah. Give you it's incredible. Call. It's incredible. There's doctors that bring people back to life. They only got applause for like two months during COVID. Nobody claps for them now. I still do it at 7 p.m. every night. People think I'm insane. <laughs> every night since COVID. He's still I, go to bed. I get on my COVID. and I just clap for the doctors. Yeah, we live we live really close together, and every night at seven o'clock, I hear a pop banging (laughs) the window. Always, always, Chris. I did. Yeah, hey, those are. I I did love that. Like during that time, we wrapped in like doctors with like Uber delivery, like Uber Eats delivery drivers. (laughs) It's like they are all equally heroes, and it's like (laughs) brain surgeons. Yeah, and the guy that brings me my bad guy. I'm a doctor who's like, I just ran like so many tests to build an antidote to this virus, and this guy's like, I bought twenty years of school burrito. Yeah, like it's like both very brave, uh, different different levels, in my opinion. Listen, when I'm hungover and I get that burrito, that is like God's work. So I think that he is. They are the same. So are you saying you should start applauding for your Uber driver? Yeah, applauding, there should be an option on there. If if you don't do meet at, if if you do meet at door, there should be a meet at door, and there should be a meet at door with applause. 
and you can choose and they can be okay with what they want. Or I could just say, leave outside the door, you know, which means I'm not going to applaud them that day, you know, but they should also have an option too. I would like you to meet me at the door with applause. And I'd say, that's fair. And I would give them applause. Sure. And there should also be a meet at door, M-E-A-T, when when you open the door, they feed you finely shaved pieces of meat. And people have said honey that. Baked honey baked ham. Honey baked ham. They they give you honey baked ham. Yep. That deserves yep. an applause. That's- that full circle moment deserves an applause. Full circle. Well, guys, those are those are some really great royal decrees. And I think that, that about wraps us up for this episode. Elise... Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you, you are so, so, so special to me. I love you so, so much. I think love you it. are one of the funniest people I know, um, even though you're very mean to me. Um, do you have anything coming up that you want to pitch or uh, shout out or tell us where, where, where people can find you on social media? Okay, so you can follow me on It's Elise Patton on all platforms. It's I-T-S-E-I-L-I-S-E-P-A-T-T-O-N on everything. And then I have a show um, on the 14th with actually this guy right here, Chris Caffaro. Um, oh, my gosh. And that is at um, – where is that at? <laughs> it's at UCB Theater in Los Angeles, uh, UCB yes. Franklin. It's called Potluck at 830 uh, Elise is going to be doing some sketch work on a show hosted by me and my lady Natalie, and it's going to be a lot it. of fun. And I, th- I think Nick Caffaro might be making a guest appearance as well, if I'm not mistaken. We'll see. I was not asked to be a performer, but I might slip my way onto stage anyway. Yeah, well, yep. you've been doing it for the last 15 years. No one asked you, so <laughs> I stop now. <laughs> oh so, yeah, but thanks for having right. me. So fun. A royal ta-ta. Ta-ta! Ta-ta, everybody!